ladies and gentlemen, Richard Gordon. What's up, buddy? Come on, man. Oh, yay. Dude, hey, pull that right in there. Okay, get, get I'm, right, I'm in, I'm in. Oh, come on. But, hey, tomorrow, you're, you're flying out as soon as we're done with this podcast. Yeah, that's right. And uh, because tomorrow you're starting a, a dreams conference. Yes. A, uh, for dreamers. Yeah. Um, at, uh, at Bethel. Yes, that's right. And, and so a dreaming has been a significant part of your journey. The Lord has used dreams in various means. And, and, um, and I thought that'd be a fun place for us to talk cool. about. I mean, and, and I'll just kind of preface it by saying that I'm pastoring at SRC because the Lord used a dream to put a desire in my heart to come back here. Like I had no wow. desire to come back here. And I had a dream and I was leading worship here. Wow. And I was singing this song that I'd never sung before. And when I woke up from the dream, I was still singing this song. And, when, and then when I stopped singing it, the song was gone. And for the very first time, I actually had a desire to actually want to come back to this church. Wow. So dreams are significant. I thought it'd be fun. You know, how has the Lord used dreams in a significant way in your own journey, bro? Well, first, do you remember the song? Can you sing it? No, I mean, because <laughs> the, as soon as I was done singing it, it was, it was, it was, it was gone. It was gone. It was gone. But I think it went like... <laughs> His times? No, I don't remember. <laughs> Darren, you are literally one of my favorite people to be around. Man, you are just, you are so fun and so funny and, and you love all the mystical, wild stuff. I love it. Um, yeah, for me, uh, how's this? This is a fascinating, I don't think I've ever shared this publicly, but just before I got hired at Bethel, uh, I don't know if you've ever been in transition and you like, it's like, oh, I, I'm nervous. I don't know what I'm going to do next. And it's, it's those moments when you finish high school, there's this like transition moment. Like, what am I going to do? And then when you go to university and you finish university, you're like, what am I going to do? And it's between the jobs. It's between the, and I think those transition moments are where your life gets shaped. It's that moment where the Israelites are up against the Red Sea and then there's this like, there's a tension and then the Red Sea parts. There's this moment where they're waiting in the upper room and there's this tension and then suddenly the Holy Spirit comes. There's the 400 years of silence and then John the Baptist comes. It's that, you know, and I was in a state of transition and I was feeling tension like, what is happening, you know? And I started appearing in people's dreams. Uh, and in a space of 30 days, I appeared in 70 people's dreams. 70 people contacted me separately wow. through uh, social media, through in person, said, I had a dream about you last night. I had a dream about you last night. You came in my dream and you prayed for me. You came in my dream and you prayed for me. And I was like, I've never had this before. I've never had so many. And I remember... Um, sitting and I was wondering if I was called to the ministry and if, because uh, I'd been hurt by the church before, like if I was going to go into that place, maybe I would hurt people. And the Lord, and I asked the Lord, why am I appearing in all these dreams? Like, like am I spirit traveling? Am I God taking my form uh, of a form of people they trust so that he could speak to them? Like, what was it? And the Lord said, Rich, um, I'm taking your form because I want you to know that I trust you. Wow. That I trust you. And I've taken your form in the last um, 30 days, 50 to 80 times. I can't remember the exact amount. 
because I want you to know that I trust you, that I will use you to minister to others. And so that gave me the confidence that I was supposed to say yes to stop being an engineer and to go into pastoring because the Lord said, I trust you. Isn't that cool? Yeah, and it came so through awesome. that dream realm. Yeah, oh, yeah, so I, cool. I, I love a good dream. Joseph, Daniel, that's my jam. Yeah, that's Bro, my jam. Uh, did you ever hear this? I'm sure you heard the Bobby Connor story about when he went to Peru. No, tell me. You no, know? so Bobby, so we were at a, we were, we were at a lunch um, with, with, with some pastors, and he goes, did I ever tell you the time I went to, I went to Peru? And I said, no, no, no. Yeah, have you guys heard this story before? He said, no, tell us. He goes, well, I'll tell you. So he goes, um, he goes uh, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was in Peru, and I was, and I was speaking at this, at this crusade, and people were getting healed and everything. It was, people were getting saved, and it was really, really good. And he went into a bunch of details of what happened in the meeting. He goes, at the end of the meeting, um, they had to get me out of there. And, uh, and so they put me up on this llama. He goes, and I was riding this llama, and we were going, and I had to go down this real steep hill on this llama, it was, and, there was, and it was walking through this mud red clay. <laughs> and uh, and so he's going through all the details and everything, right? So then when he's done, he goes, well, so then I woke up from the dream, and Carolyn said to me, hey, Bobby, what, what's this on the inside of your pants? So Bobby, when he, when, he'd, when he would take his pants up, he'd hang them up on the door, yeah. and his pants were hanging up on the door. On the inside of his, of his crotch area was covered in llama hair. <laughs> And then down by his feet, where, where, where you know, down at the, the bottom of the pants, was covered in this red clay wow. all, all, all over the pants. And so, um, this is funny. So one of the pastors that was sitting at the table goes, so, Bobby, have you ever been to Peru? And Bobby goes, boy, did you just hear a word that I said? <laughs> <laughs> I love Bobby. Oh, man. I remember... I was, one of the stories with Bobby, I was sitting with you, and we started asking about, um, you don't mind, we're going to go a little mystic. Yeah, let's do it, let's go. <laughs> I don't mind. And he's like, and uh, he said, you know, I went up to this mountain, and I met this, uh, this man, he was 700 years old. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And he said, and I was up in this mountain, we were speaking, and this man turns to me and says, I've been praying here for 700 years. And I asked him, I said, Bobby, were you there in the spirit or were you there like, did you actually walk up this mountain? He looked at me and said, boy, I told you I was there, boy. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> like for a man of faith, he was like, being in the spirit or being in the physical, it's like the same thing for him almost. And I was like, oh, wow. I got schooled. And that was bit. the one where, where you asked him who he was. And he was, yes. I'm one of the ones that remain. Yes. Yeah. I think he calls them ever living ones or something like that. Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's you, a good way to open up the, the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cheers. Yeah, cheers. Um, and then, we, so you were chatting a little bit about dreams today and you were talking about this, this in-between place that, mm. uh, that uh, Tesla, what was his name? Tesla Faraday. Um, Einstein would have dreams, but yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think of Tesla's first name. Nicholas Tesla. Yeah, Nicholas. I was about to call him Manuel. That's not right. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this place of like like of, of hacking dream. Like I was even thinking of Inception. This place where people were kind of like hacking their dreams in order to access different things in these hmm. in these um, in these different realms. And um, 
I guess I don't really know what the question is. Mm. I'll just I had it. I, 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 <laughs> I, 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 I have a weird theory. And oh, yeah. well, Jamie Galloway yeah. was the only person I actually know. Maybe there's others. Do you know Jamie? Yeah. Yeah. He actually had a course. I don't know if you could still get it. But he actually had a course that you could buy on lucid dreaming for the believer. Wow. Yeah, and I still have a link to it somewhere because I, you know, I went and got it. But um, <laughs> of course you did. Not that I practiced that, <laughs> or do I? Maybe this whole thing is a dream. But <laughs> I love this. <laughs> but yeah, what, what, uh, what, what is this whole thing of dreams? God obviously created us mm. with the ability to dream, mm. and um, why? Okay, how about this? Everyone listening right now, can you, and I'll ask you the same question. How many doors are in your house right now? Huh. And just if you're listening, just work it out. So how many would you say? I'll go with eight. You got eight. Anyone else here got more than eight? More than eight? Okay, well, look at you guys. Well done. Well done. You got the bigger house. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, well, then. Who's got the... All right, I'm going to need to get a bigger house. All right. How many Just of, kidding, nine. And I'll ask you, but when you counted, did you, through your imagination, walk through your house and start counting the doors? I tried that, and I got lost. So I... I uh, <laughs> it's such a big house. I, so I just, I just did it. Like, how many, room, how many rooms okay. do we have in our house? And then I add the front. How many people here, they walk through their house and do it? So you got most of the room. So you accessed through your imagination a number that you weren't aware of. Mm. You were able to engage with your imagination realm to access information that you didn't have at hand. Mm. And you used that space to walk through and gather that. And it says in Ephesians um, 1, it says, open up the eyes of my understanding, open up the eyes of my heart. And I believe that's the eyes of the imagination. And so children have this ability to access spaces and realms. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. the imagination is most active in a child, but as we get progressively older, we shut down the imagination um, because it's deemed as this is just for children. Mm -hmm. Or in our pursuit for purity, um, often uh, in a, a, like a young man will go through adolescence and suddenly he uses his imagination for impure thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so pursuit for purity, he shuts down the thing and calls it evil. Wow. And so by the time uh, you reach you know, 18 or so, you're like, oh, the imagination is just for children and um, it's a canvas for impure thoughts. So I'm not going to engage and just let my mind wander. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's one of the most powerful tools to interact with a God that is beyond our reality. Wow. And I wow, believe wow. that in that, um, the eyes of my understanding, the eyes of my um, heart, I believe in that space, God will start to paint on the canvas and he will deliver information that is beyond your first world thinking. Mm. And one of the spaces that he does that is through dreams. Dreams, the language of dreams is, it's not just, it's through the imagination, it creates things. So, I mean, I bet you in some of your dreams, like you said, I was singing a song that I'd never heard before. So suddenly an information from another realm has come in that you weren't aware of and you've got to download. 
And then we use these big language, oh, I want to download from God. Literally, you are in a dreaming space, and if you allow to engage with your imagination, like Ephesians says, um, he has more than we can think or imagine. Right. I believe the more of God is beyond our thoughts, and then we start touching our imagination, mm. and that's when we pop into the miraculous. <laughs> and so you start hey. to think on God, and you start to think like, God, yeah. I you know, I know you like this. I know, and then I start to imagine what if the gospel was better than what I know? Wow. What if it was even, and I start stepping into an imagination space like a child, and then that kingdom realm opens up, and then just beyond the imagination space is where the more than enough starts happening. Wow. The stuff that is like, the miraculous stuff starts happening. The stuff like, what? A download of like an algorithm? What? Like, how, how, where did that come from? And so I think we need to become more childlike and yeah, play with yeah. our imagination. And the dream realm is like that. So in the dream realm, your conscious uh, cognitive mind, soul, mind, that's all at rest. And your spirit is more active. And so suddenly... God, uh, you can just be painted. And the way that we remember what's happening is because he paints it on the, the canvas of our imagination. We're like, oh, wow, I could see it. I could see what's happening. I could see what's happening. And so I find, <clears throat> especially people that have been like um, kind of dumbed down through Western Orthodox Christian thinking that you have to be more serious to encounter God and you need a, imaginations for the children. It's an evil canvas. Like, especially if that's been your orthodox, like, construct, I find a way that God kind of loops around us through the dream realm. Yeah, that's awesome. And he starts awesome. downloading things to you, like, whoa, 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 like, oh, like, what? What was that about? And so he just loves talking to his people, and that's my story. My story, cool. he just talks to me all the time in dreams and the imagination. Wow. How were, I lead you, were you a vivid, vivid dreamer as a kid? Was that? Yeah. Uh, no. Really? No, no. Oh. I think it was like when I really got touched by God, then it started getting oh, activated awesome. loads. When I was a, when I was a kid, I, like there was that place where I didn't know if I was dreaming or if it was actually real life, you know, and, and it would be so vivid. Like I'd, 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 I'd see these like things walking around my bed with spears that were about this tall and and I, you know, rebuke him, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't go anywhere. And I was like, mm. well, huh? They, just weird, you know. And then like my dreams are super intense too, just super vivid dreams. Mm. And then um, I had weird dreams too, bro. Like I, like I had, I had dreams where like they would end with credits, like a movie. Like no the credits would go, up. and I knew, and I know it's the end of the dream, right? I was like, I guess this must be the end of the dream. And <laughs> well, thank God, because it's a horrible dream, right? Wow. And uh, and I was like, who, who directed this one? You know, God or Satan? Like, you know, um, like like just weird stuff like that. But I just remember it got so intense at a certain point where uh, where every single night, like some, my mom or dad would come in to pray with me to, when I go to sleep, and so they would pray, and then I would pray. And every single night, I'd pray the same prayer. It was like my mantra. And it was, dear Jesus, help me have a good night's sleep. Help me have no dreams, not even one. And wow. every night, I would pray that. And I literally shut that realm down. And I, had, and I would not dream from that. That was an answer to prayer. If I had no dreams, that was like an answer wow. to prayer. So I remember uh, we, were at, we were at lunch with uh, Paul Keith and mm. Bobby. And they're talking about dreams. And Paul Keith goes, Darren, do you dream? And I said, you know, no, sir. And he goes, well, I think... 
well, why not? Or something. I said, I think I shut that thing down. He goes, well, I think God wants to open it back up. Wow. So, you know, so it came into agreement and then it, and then it opened back, it opened back up. Wow. But one of the things that was interesting about what you said is there's almost this place where the enemy wants us to shut that realm down, mm. you know, um, which is kind of, which is kind of interesting. And like, and like what you were saying is there's such a place where such an opportunity for us to really begin to steward that realm because it's, it's a, such a beautiful way that God can yeah. speak to us and bypass a lot of filters. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And daydream. I like to let, I'll just sit back with God and I'll just let him take me places. The way I, that, this may sound pretty wild, the way I, I prepare for meetings is I'll imagine the meeting. Oh, wow. So I will sit and like an hour or two before, oh, I'll do it for days leading up and I'll just imagine being at Darren's church ministering and, and then God moves on the left-hand side and just, wow, and then this lady in red gets touched by God and it breaks out and then all these people rush to the front and, and, I, and I'll imagine out the meeting probably 10, 20 times and then often it'll run that same way. And what I, I'm doing is I'm actually going in the spirit, I'm allowing God to, because you start, it's what you think, what you imagine, but the more than enough is just to be on. So you start with a canvas and you start to, this is how I engage with dreaming, even like a, like, cause you're like, okay, now open it up. And you're like, okay, what, you're gonna go to bed? So I engage with like daydreaming. Yeah. And so you have the canvas and you think, okay, I'm gonna think the setting. Okay, the setting, there's a stage, the room's gonna be full. And then I start moving into imagination, stuff I haven't seen, like, oh, imagine gold dust are pouring out. And then as I start to imagine, I sit back with God and then ideas and thoughts come to me that I've never seen or a lady's face that I've never seen. And suddenly I'm allowing, I have the paintbrush and I'm painting with my imagination and then I, my paintbrush is off and, but suddenly things are getting created. Wow. And I'm like, God is painting <laughs> and I'd say 80, 90% of the time it rolls out the same way that I imagine. Is that cool? It's yeah. so awesome. It has this Olympic swimmers. The sports realm has identified the brilliance of dreaming or, and that imaginative thought. They will, part of their training is they imagine the perfect swim. They imagine wow. the perfect swim and that's how they train for, they did a study with basketball players and they had a set of NBA basketball players um, do just physical practice. They did another set that did half physical and half just imagining the perfect shot. Wow. And they did a third set that just sat and imagined the perfect shot. And then they got them all to shoot and then they saw the results and take a guess who had the... That's powerful. And the ones that had the imagination were the ones that actually had the best results. Wow. And so the sports realm has identified there's something to engage with that space to heighten. But I think the church has identified it as negative, a canvas for the demonic, sure. a canvas for impurity, uh, pizza drink, whatever. But I think God wants us to go beyond what we think or imagine. Yeah. Like he wants to bring solutions from another realm into this first realm. Just like how Einstein would sit back and have a dream and the theory of relativity gets created or Faraday sat back and in a dream, a solution from a third heaven came into a first heaven or um, uh, magnetism, that's Maxwell, who came and has this dream and a solution from the third heaven comes mm. into the first heaven. 
and Richard, that's my story. I, in a dream, God gives me an algorithm and he brings something from a third heaven realm into the first heaven. And when it comes through God's hand, the favor and the glory is way more. Wow. Wow, it's wow. saying by salvation, we're not, it's not, we're not saved by works, but by grace that no man can boast. When you start getting that through grace and by like faith, you're, the favor is just unbelievable. That's so awesome. Bro, with, like, with, with, like, with, your, with, your, with uh, your gift and what you've, this place has been carved out just as far as the way you're, you interface with the with, Carve, with, that's with, a good name yeah, for a book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, it is. Roy, write that down. Carve. Um, <laughs> Amazon.com, Darren Stott, check it out. Uh, you've carved out the, like this place, and you, bro, you just got this such, such a wonderful sensitivity that you model and that you teach and you demonstrate this whole thing of like the sensitivity and connection intimacy with Jesus, but you're, you're also a, a seer, a dreamer, and, and, um, and you talk about like the whiteboard or the canvas and painting and all that. With all that being said, um, do, you feel like, uh, do you feel like you have to kind of guard yourself when it comes to like media and different things? Do you, do you feel like there's a different kind of a, a, uh, of a standard that Depends on who on? you are. Or do you feel like, it, or like it's, there's just like this grace of like, hey, whatever. You know, there's, mm. there's a grace and I just, I am who I am. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I know, that, and the reason I'll set it up is like, you know, um, uh, I got close friends that are, that are, that are definitely uh, walking in the office of a prophet, right? And, um, and, and I, I have my own kind of thing and we're like, we're super close, but I just see that there's like, there's just differences as far as what we're allowed to engage in uh, based off of the office and our wiring and our temperament and just in everything else, if that makes sense. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of, mostly prophets I seem have to keep their canvas very clear. <laughs> yeah. And so they're quite almost uh, very strict on everything that comes through the eye gates, yeah. the ear gates, because they're trying to keep that pure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's the call in my life to be a breaker of religion. Yeah. And so I'm like, I've just got this thing on me, like I just shatter all because I do these five things, I'm going to be more powerful. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and so for me, I'm de I, I just, I don't have 10 things that I do to, uh, that equals me being more powerful or me See, being that, more pure. That'd be a great book. That would be a great book. Yeah. Ten, ten reasons ten to things, be more powerful. Yeah, to take your, to take your mystic gift to the next level. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think it's, but I'm not like a bunch of my friends and it's legit if they, if they start, their, if they allow their gates to, because they've kept them so open, the eye gate, the ear gate, they're like, that it's almost, they're so sensitive and I get it. So they just, they do their thing and yeah. Yeah, as well as just also just kind of like an ex, like the whole thing of the extreme. I remember yeah. Patricia had uh, had her um, had the prophetic brand XP. Do you remember? I don't know yes, if you remember. Yeah. And everything was XP, but it stood for extreme. Yeah. So everything that Patricia was doing was extreme. And you know when you run with prophets, there there's like that extreme thing. Yeah. You know, it's like you know, and um, and so I wonder also if if um, with certain things there's not really a sense of moderation for, for the prophet. It's mm. like, you know, they don't, you know, they're either, <laughs> I'm not giving examples. All right, so let's go <laughs> on to the next topic. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Dan. <laughs> but, um, so, hey, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about technology. Uh, yeah. but I know that, that, that that's kind of your jam, and you got tech, the, the tech thing in, um, yeah. and Bethel and everything. And so, um, cryptocurrency. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. So first of all, what the heck is is crypto? Like what <laughs> like what is that? And and are you? What I love about you, bro, is like you know sometimes people you you mention anything to do with tech and they just get like you know careful, brother, careful, you know you know that yeah. But one of the things I love about you, Richard, is that like all mention things like trying to like hit on the conspiracy side of things. You're like, oh, I think it's great, you know. <laughs> I think the Lord's gonna use it, you know, um, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, well, uh, you know, a lot of people think it's the mark of the beast. No, it's the Lord's gonna, you know, it's great. Nations are gonna be saved through that tech, oh. you know. But yeah, bro, like what are you seeing as far as uh, cryptocurrency that's that's exciting to you or whatever? Like when, when I say that, what kind of, what what comes up in, in you? Yeah. Um, I'll first say a lot of people think that big tech is evil. Mm -hmm. And there's that big cancel, big tech kind of movement. Yeah. And what we call to do is actually go into dark places and be light and not cancel dark places, but go in wow. and be light there. That's good. That's good. And, uh, and so what we're doing at Bethel Tech is we feel a call to not uh, cancel and separate ourselves from dark places, but actually to raise up kingdom-minded believers and put them in big tech, yeah. the evil place. That's awesome. And to see a reconciliation, revival, revolution in there That's awesome. from a grassroots level. And so that's what we've been doing. We have over a thousand students that have come through. That, that's so cool. Yeah, wow. A thousand students come through uh, that they've never known how to code before. And then they learn how to code. And then we teach them how to steward revival culture in the workplace. And my background as a junior engineer, I was a senior engineer, I was a team lead and a, a specialist engineer in the software space. So I'm not giving them just ideas. It's like when I was there, this is how you bring honor that can change an atmosphere. This is like, like when I was an engineer, they would put me on different projects and like, I don't know why, but when you're on a project, it seems to go really well. So can you just be on this one and this one and this one? And that's the favor of God. And it's hard to get the best out of those around you. Jesus would walk in and fishermen became apostles. Literally like, Christian killers wrote the rest of, you know, yeah. Paul wrote the rest of the New Testament. It's like God takes broken people and he gets the best out of them. And if we have Christ in us, you walk into an organization and suddenly value, the value of the organization starts to increase. People that their work ethic was here shoots up. Their greatness starts coming out of them. And so teaching our students how to do that and how to bring, how to do conflict like Jesus would do conflict. And, and you know, um, and I, you know, a lot of people think AI is, you know, it's, it's going to take over the world. And there are, there's some crazy, uh, like AI at the moment, you know, will they start making decisions on who lives, who doesn't live? Uh, like, you know, uh, who, will they make decisions on like a car crash, for example, at the moment, we're talking with guys from Google and say if we have automated self-driving cars and you can calculate this, the car crashes is going to happen. So who then makes the decision, who do they save? Hmm. Like, like, and so if it's all wow. automated, how, how do you wow. make that decision? So AI is going to end up to a place where it's going to, it's going to, and who's going to make those decisions? Who's going to implement that? And we want to be people that are part of making those decisions. Wow. Part of that, not to say those, like, will this AI must die and never exist, you know? And then we become an Amish people and like, but like, no, we, we like, no, we want to be in those spaces, being the voice of God. And, and so we, we have a crazy dream 
Like, what if it would be true? And what if we tried this? And Bro, so like when it comes to Bethel Tech, there's where you're at right now, but then there's also probably like what the future of Bethel Tech looks like. And like the integration of just Christian ethics into technology. Is that is that right? Is that a part of the school now or uh, or is it based, based off of what the goal is of the school right because I can see where that, that must be a massive conversation. Well, it's a massive conversation that's being had right yeah. now, like you said, with Google. And so what I'm wondering is, is that like a conversation that's already a part of like Bethel Tech? Is this whole thing of Christian yeah. ethics and tech? Oh, yeah. Yeah, wow. we're talking about it continually with our wow. students. And wow. Because it just takes a few. It just takes 12 to change the world. Yeah. And so we have 1,000. So, I mean, <laughs> like since we started, we've... We did a, a revival group at Facebook where we gathered employees and we took them through revival culture on how to bring the kingdom of God into their workplace. And we had people weeping, saying, like, I never dreamt that I would work at Facebook and be trained on revival culture. That's incredible. We're working with, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the names, we're working with a very big social media uh, probably the next biggest after a Facebook social media group. And Was they're invited. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Um, it's and, a you face. And uh, bringing them into, uh, and then bringing us in to do the same thing with employees. That's amazing. Um, and then we're working with one of the big four accounting companies. Right now we've had one meeting with them and then we're just about to launch a revival group. Um, we, we connected with the partners. I'm telling you, they spend millions of dollars on developing a, a mindset in employees. And the kingdom has the mindset to bring solutions to the earth. When you think you like, you know, you look at a problem and you're like, nothing's impossible. Yeah. That's the kind of person you want on your team and yeah. that's the kingdom gospel person. When you have someone who's able to work in team and bring the best out of those around you, that's a person that's able, when they're part of the team, at the team cohesive is better. That's a Christ-centered person that's able to honor and bring that gold out. and. And yeah, so we realized, I mean, the market longs for it. Um, and, uh, and we've been doing this for 22 years with our School of Supernatural Ministry. And, and you know, we've been doing it for 2,000 years with what Christ has been putting and injecting into the, into the body and being, and then for thousands more years from the children of Abraham. And there's an ancient code that we can bring in to big tech, the evil world, and turn it upside down, on, inside yeah, out. Yeah. We had a 12-hour prayer event on the Facebook campus where we gathered all denominations and we streamed it to all Facebook's platforms. So we had hundreds of thousands of views proclaiming the name of Jesus and praying for God and big tech where people were trying to cancel it. And the end of the, um, the 12 hours, they asked me to do, and this is like, they had sensationalists, they had a whole bunch of people there. They asked me to do an infilling of the Holy Spirit time. And right there in the headquarters of Facebook, right where Mark Zuckerberg would give his speeches, we saw the fire of God come on, and people being filled with the Holy Spirit for the very first time, shaking under the power of God. This one man, he drove up from San Diego, studying computer science, and he'd heard of, wow, someone that loves Jesus and tech, and he drove up three hours to be at the meeting. He got full of the Holy Spirit for his very first time in his life. And he shook for four hours under the glory of God in Facebook headquarters. That sends a shockwave in the spirit across that region. And like, you know, we're a little organization, but I'm dreaming. Like you, I'm like you. Like, what if we could change the world? <laughs> 
Yeah. What if we could? Yeah. What if we literally could shift the ethics? We could shift the, and, and we wouldn't have to just cancel, cancel, cancel. What if we could go in and be invited and in, not invade, be invited in because of our skills and character and literally start to change the environment? We have people in Dell, IBM, we have like, we have t- people all over at the moment, which is, we're just seeding, we're seeding like leaven. Watch out. <laughs> we're coming for you. <laughs> That's awesome. I think that a lot of times in the church, we're always trying to figure out if we, uh, if, if we, do we, do we separate and create our own uh, products that are trustworthy and can serve our agendas yeah. or do we, um, or do we as- assimilate and keep our distinctiveness, mm-hmm. but go in and try to serve what, 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 you know, and maybe it's a little bit of both. And I mean, on, on one hand, you see a great exodus out of Facebook and YouTube just because of the censorship that's taking place this last year. So people are like, I want to be a part of a system where it's a bit more uncensored and I could subscribe to whatever authors or, yeah. or content creators like without having, without, you know, yeah. so I'm going to go to wherever my, my rabbis are, whoever, whoever, whoever that looks like, you know? And, um, so to a certain degree, you see that like new platforms are being created out of, created out of necessity. Right. And I just, and I wonder like, you know, I think that that's a battle that's been a battle in the church, uh, for quite a long time, which is partly why our cities are in the condition that they're in is that we, we thought, you know, this is, this is the end. We better separate because this whole thing's going down at, you know, this yeah. whole, whole thing's going to hell in a handbasket. Right. <laughs> and what I like about what you're saying is that, um, is that there's a need for us to, yes. to, to go in and, and, to, and that what I liked about what you said about this whole place, I think a lot of believers would be like, okay, we're going into Facebook. Now we're going in, but how the heck we can get Holy Spirit in? Cause he, he's yeah. obviously not there. Yeah. But what you're saying is that you went there and you found Holy Spirit was already there. Oh, yeah. He was just looking for oh, yeah. an opportunity to oh. reveal himself. This may be controversial, but I don't think God is far from the unbeliever. Wow. Wow. You know, Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand. When they're all saying, when is the kingdom going to come? <laughs> when is it going to come close? And he says, it's at hand. And I don't think that's just for those that have been like, Jesus, come to my heart. I think God is this close to the unbeliever. Like he's just, he's right face to face waiting in them just to call on his name. Just be like, and it says, all who call in the name of Jesus will be saved. I don't think he's distant and far away. And then people say, Jesus, when he travels millions of miles, I think he's waiting, guarding us even from our birth, guarding us and just that perhaps we would meet him, like whispering to us as children, like coming close. He wants for us to be encountered more than we want to encounter him. Every person's story that I've listened to, how they came to Jesus, it's miraculous. If it's even from hereditary, like from like, how did that happen? It's God draws man unto him. He's so near. And why wouldn't it be true for an Elon Musk? Why wouldn't it be true for uh, these people that are Jeff Bezos? Why wouldn't it be true? I think he's close and he's just waiting. And he'll even use them to shape, like he'll use uh, people that aren't even believers to shape the world, like where we're going. This is maybe like out there, but I believe that uh, the world is going from glory to glory. 
I've been doing this study, I've never shared this publicly, mm. but I've been in this study of you track the outpourings of glory mm. throughout history, the dates, yeah. you can come and correlate them to technology sparks. Oh, wow. And as the glory of the knowledge of God fills the earth, I believe knowledge, glory knowledge, starts to awaken in human oh, wow. consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can track 94 to 99. Yeah. Just, oh, there was a great outpouring Toronto, Brownsville, like, there was some of the greatest surge in technology that we've ever seen. It was like almost if you charted it on a chart, mm. you pinpointed certain dates and you see spark in, the, spark in technology um, uh, discovery and in the move of the Holy Spirit. Wow. You're back to the 50s and 56, 57 with um, Catherine and with uh, Oral Roberts, Oral Roberts yeah. and that healing movement. And you start looking at those dates, and it was like it was that around that time, that that fifties, like fifty-four to like sixty-one, or like around there. That was like, you know, we all talk about oh, it's the healing revival, like it, yeah. And there was a real move of the Holy Spirit. But if you track fifty-eight, fifty-seven, there was some of the greatest discoveries in technology around that time. That's fascinating. I believe when the glory of God touches the earth it awakens solutions from a third heaven realm. They're waiting for, it's sitting, it like almost as glory hits the earth. There's these ideas. And even as you're listening right now, there's probably ideas just waiting, hovering over the earth, waiting for man to grab them and speak them so dry ground can be lifted up. Just like creation. It's like waiting. We haven't stopped creating. It wasn't after seven days, creation's done. Like we partnering with God to create and he still hovers over the void of the earth waiting for man to speak it out and then life to come. And there's solutions hovering. There's, you know, in the (laughs) future, like, I mean, this isn't just prophetic, but we're going to see a phase out of um, gas powered cars into like electric cars. It's going to change like economic, like the whole economy. Sure. It's sure, going to change, sure. and that's going to be within our lifetime. It's going to be in the next five to 10 years. There's going to be a full phase out. It's already happening in uh, Europe where I think by 2030, they're going to phase out all purchase of gas cars. Wow. Wow. You can't purchase a brand new gas car. It's going to change the economy in the most radical way. And that came through, people said it could never happen. Any of these things that Tesla had downloads of all the stuff like back then and it got suppressed, suppressed, suppressed. Telling this knowledge sitting in the heavens waiting for man to grab it, speak it. That's all the universities, the universities, Harvard, Yale, all those great, the Ivy Leagues, they came through the great awakening. Wow. They were through a move of yeah. the Holy Spirit, came, hit America, and because of the great awakening, people said, okay, we need to do something, and they launched these universities to train, and out of the great awakening, there was some of the greatest innovation that ever happened. And it's, I'm telling you, if we can track an outpouring you can track an increase in innovation technology. And I think we, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a dreamer, but I feel like we are on the brink of just the greatest move of the Holy Spirit, the greatest move of God, meetings filled with such glory. And it's not just the ones and twos, but it's happening in gatherings across the world where God's 
power is coming. And you don't have to be the greatest minister or preacher, but God's power is just coming. And it's so beautiful and sovereign. And I think it's gonna be coupled with some of the greatest discoveries in innovation, technology, in the medical field. And they're gonna look back to this decade and they're gonna say, man, it's like, it's like 3X. Even in a pandemic, it's almost like a time of war. So in the, in the 40s, 1940, during that stage, there was such acceleration because they were in a time of war. And like that's what's happened even right now through this pandemic. The world's been in a time of war. And I believe like almost like innovation is just like... Wow. Wow. Like there's just... God is recreating like things on the earth right now. Yeah, that is fun, eh? Look at you pulling out of me. I feel I love it. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. My job is just get you to talk so I can drink <laughs> coffee, man. I wanted to ask you something. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, opinions um, within the minister stream. And even during this, even during this um, week, I've had conversations with our various ministers off the stage. Uh, and believe it or not, I didn't even bring it up, so I'm actually going to bring it up, you know, but uh, out, of, out of all of our speakers, you'd t probably be one of the most qualified to kind of speak into this thing. Um, this new universe that's opening, that's okay. opening up and, and the, this metaverse and mm. this thing that's expanding so, so rapidly. I, I, I was trying to keep up with it for a while and, um, and, um, and, and it's expanding so rapidly that it is, is very difficult to keep, to keep up with it, you know, mm. um, let alone to try to engage with, with some of the various opportunities that there are within it. But when, uh, so what's happening with this? Cause it, it seems as though it, it, to a certain degree really could be framing out the future and how we engage with even our own homes and engage mm. with our cars in this place of augmented reality where, where our technology is able to interface with our, with our real world through this, you know, and so, um, uh, what's what's your perspective regarding kind of our 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 future in a in a metaverse? Um, if something's unknown, it's often scary, mm -hmm. and then people will call that wisdom. And so, when drums were introduced to the church, they were scary, demonic. <laughs> <laughs> Except we all know Jim Bays are demonic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. And, just kidding. Or and, uh, am I? Yeah. And yeah, so and you can kind of track that through the the history of the church. Yeah. When something gets introduced, and, and you see a people embrace, and you see a people stand their ground. You know, the extremes would be like you know the Amish standing their ground with certain technology, and it's like wow, okay. <laughs> sure. Um. And I, you know, you may disagree with me if you're listening, but that's fine. Uh, I'm always going to have a glorious um, worldview because I believe that we are going from glory to glory, that uh, medical um, uh, discoveries are not man's wisdom trying to rep replace the miraculous, but this is uh, a third heaven solutions coming through a, a feeble beings and we're creating a world like, I mean, you know, we get to fly around the world. People dream about teleporting and I'm gonna be in Reading tonight with my babies. Like, and man, through a dreaming space, an imaginary space, 
brought the impossible to earth and created something. And so I'm just very careful to call something demonic that, you know, God could use. And so some people are like, oh man, we're going on Zoom. It's going to break the connection, the gathering of the believers. We can't. I'm like, what if this became one of the greatest discipleship movements ever? Wow. Wow. And what if wow. we could disciple the nations all over? And, um, you know, and then Mark Zuckerberg does this and he's big tech, so that's evil. But, you know, what if God could end up using this? Exactly what you said. I'm literally quoting what you said I would say. <laughs> what if this was God? <laughs> what if God could use this to see nations discipled, to see a people... I saw, I don't know if it was Craig Rochelle or someone had the first yeah. Metaverse church. It's amazing. And you could like sit in seats and like be part of the service. I was like, imagine that. Eh? Imagine you know, walking you know, it's around. It's hilarious. Yeah, is that you can, walk, you can walk to the front of the meeting in front of everybody and no ushers are even going to take you out. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like you could kind of do whatever you want in wow. the Metaverse church and, wow. and get away with it. Imagine like, and then like coupling it with, like in person, and imagine you could walk around as people started getting healed and touched and you in the room. Bro, I was saying that because uh, I was having this conversation. So we were looking at launching a school this year um, and we, we hit some red tape on it. And so we got a bit of a delay, but we were, oh, dude, how much time we got? We got to get you to an airplane here a little bit. I got to tell you this. All <laughs> hey, right. Tell me, I'm good. Right, I just got into it now. Okay. Dreams, right? So um, I had this dream and in the dream, I'm, I'm in LA. And I'm doing this like church conference, this ministry conference. But then as I'm doing it, and they're, they're running out of center. And as I'm doing it, all these people start coming, like more and more people. They're not there for the church conference. They're there for like this music tech conference, kind of like the, the, the one um, in Austin, the SX, okay. whatever it's called. So they're coming in, and, um, and then all these big celebrities start coming in, and, and, uh, and then there's a bunch of favor on me. So I'm getting to kind of interact with all these different celebrities and all these different things. And, and um, of course, there's like this crazy plot involved. I've got this suitcase thing that somebody gave to me on an airplane and the police are after it and I'm, I'm okay to give it over. anyways that's how my brain thinks there's always a there's day, always a subplot is you it know? a daydream or a dream no dream? this is a dream dream wow and uh, but it's so detailed okay and um that when I woke up I wrote the whole thing down I got it all all in my journal and I just remember thinking like LA like I, I don't think about LA I don't I don't really have a great place in my heart for LA like just such a weird dream I come to the church I share it with Roy I'm like bro I had this craziest dream. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, this this friend of mine, he's a DJ in LA, uh, and he calls me up. He goes, "Bro, I, just, I was thinking about you. I don't have anything I want to talk to you about, but I was just thinking about you all day. What are you up to right now?" And I was like, "Dude, I had the craziest dream about LA last night, about the music scene, and you're you're in the music scene. And it, whoa, this is crazy." I, so I told him, "We're looking at starting school. What are you up to?" He's like, "I have six thousand students." that I am teaching how to DJ, and we're doing it using Oculus goggles. And so the students come into my classroom, and I'm teaching these kids how to DJ, and for their final project, they get to perform wow. on a virtual um, stage wow. at, a, at, a, at, a, uh, at, a, at a huge, um, you know, um, what it, uh, concert festival yeah. they get to perform at a festival and all the other students would How be there cool but they get that? to perform for thousands of people you know yeah and uh, i was like hold on this is something that you're going to do he's like no bro this is something that we're doing right now wow and so he's working with a company there in la so i began 
having this conversation. And as I'm having a conversation, I can tell people are freaking out. They do not like this idea of the future of education. He said to me, right now in LA, in the public schools, students get Chromebooks as part of their education. He said, but within five years, he believes that students in public schools will have Oculus goggles mm-hmm. and they will be able to go. So he said, imagine if your students in your school could go on a field trip to the Red Sea. Oh, You know, like imagine like the what that would do in, a, in, a, in education, mm. right? And uh, so uh, people were having a difficult time with this when I, when I was sharing, especially for, uh, initially just hearing it. This idea of, and I'm thinking, we could have teachers across the nation. We don't have to just hire teachers here. And oh, yeah. if churches could open up their church, they don't have to hire a whole faculty. Mm. Students come in and they put on goggles. Well, people lo- didn't really like that idea. But when I said, imagine if instead of watching Bethel on YouTube, Imagine if you could put these goggles on, yeah. walk right up to the front row, sit right next to Bill Johnson. And when you look to your right, Bill's sitting right there. Yeah. And you could watch the worship team right there. And you're, and you're isn't that just a little bit cooler than YouTube? And, with, <laughs> and at that point, they're sold. They're like, yeah. yep, I'm in. Let, let's go, you know? Yeah. So anyway, so I wanted to share that because it's kind of a, a blending of all these things that we've been talking about just and now. And that's actually where we're going. Um, we've had uh, backroom conversations about doing exactly that. We have invested in um, tech to test it, exactly that. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't want to say it's coming, but we're we in the process of doing exactly, because, I mean, like, we launched that online school. Uh, so obviously, up we got Bethel Tech, and shameless plug, but I just believe in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be the guy that, like, if my cousin didn't know what to do with their life, I'd be like, you should come to Bethel Tech. Like, I said that to Jonathan last night. I was like, hey, listen, if you're going to put your kid in a, in a school yeah. and you want a supernatural school, put him in Bethel Tech because yeah. you get the supernatural stuff, but then you can leave it and get a job starting salary 70 grand on up. There's this kid uh, named Aiden. He finished high school, jumped in, got radically set free in his faith and touched by God. 18 years old, $70,000 job. Just like because he's learned this coding skill and and so if you're listening and you, you have a child or you know a friend that you're like, man, he's struggling, earning $12 an hour or something like that and minimum wage and, and you're like, oh yeah, I think this might change his life. Like honestly, you should, you should consider it. Are, are there any other like supernatural tech schools that you're aware of? Oh no, we're the only one. So we're the only are- faith-based, not even... So supernatural, yes, but even just faith-based. There is no other faith-based boot camp uh, organization in the world. We're the first of, and we've been, uh, we've been named top five in the country for three years now, and we were named um, best university alternative. Because it only, like, a university degree will cost you, depends on where you go, but like up to $200,000. So yeah. say it's $100,000 for that degree. Then it, you know, you're paying that back until you're 40 something. Yeah. And with this, this we call this an education disruptor. Yeah. You love yes, a good yes, disruption, on, right? <laughs> <laughs> education disruptor for $15,000, you get your foot in the door at a $70,000 job. You paid off your student loan within the first nine months. We start creating legacy Incredible. for people's families. So we put legacy in the heart through transforming an identity because we can't put money in a hand 
and then they don't have the, the heart because then they'll just squander it. But you put legacy in the heart and then legacy in the hand and we see families transformed. And it's just, uh, the stories awesome. have been crazy. Like just crazy of seeing people living in trailers to now just being able to create a, a like wealth. And it's all online. So you, guys, you guys need a Bethel Tech Seattle campus. Yeah, that'd be cool. That, that would make sense, wouldn't that it? That would make sense. Yeah. Because this is like where it's at. This is where the Seattle and um, the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, is where in America most of the wealth is locked up. Mm-hmm. These are two, and this is where probably I have the most favor in that Bay Area and here. Wow. And because I, I feel God's called me to this space. And I just, these are two of the most important regions in uh, America and I believe in the world. These two regions, the Bay Area and Seattle, they carry such significant influence for the nations and the wealth of the nations. There's a lot of it locked up between these two, the West Coast Rumble area. And this God needs to pour his glory out here so new ideas can come and we can shape the world, what the future looks like. And even, I know it sounds crazy, but hosting glory here will open up ideas that will change the world. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Well, 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 well. You yeah. got an airplane to catch. Yep. 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 Bro, thank yep, you so yep, much for being yep. a part of Declaration uh, 22. Last night was just phenomenal. This morning was so, oh. so great. Just the impartation that you bring, the joy, the love that you carry, what you model, what you teach. Bro, oh. we love you. Let's celebrate Richard Gordon this morning. Thanks so much, bro, for <laughs> hanging out. Thank this you. is I love so you, good. Darren. You're the best. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Oh, do you mind if I quickly pray for everyone listening? Yeah, oh, no, yeah, we yeah. Oh, we're back on. Are we there still we on? Are we still Can on? Can I just pray quickly? Okay. Did, am I Permission all? granted. Okay. Yeah. Holy Spirit, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, is, is this being recorded right now? Are we, are we live? Do you know? We are still going. All right, let's do okay. it. Okay. Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now. <laughs> God, I thank you that you would touch every person in this room. Oh, Jesus, I love this place. And I know you love this place more than me. God, would you pour out your love on families? Would you pour out your grace on families, God? Pour out your love on Darren's family, God. Pour out your grace on his family. Jesus, I thank you. 2022 is going to be the childlike year. It's going to be snow in the middle of March, God. Oh, Jesus, you just love causing the most childlike miracles. It's going to be snow in the month of March, Lord. It's going to be a sign of childlikeness entering the church to dislodge a spirit of comparison. Oh, Jesus, you're bringing a fresh unity, and it's not going to be about people agreeing. It's going to be about people getting more goofy together, (laughs) holding on to wisdom and a childlike heart, innocent as doves, wise as serpents, Holy Spirit, I thank you for the snow. I thank you for the snow in this place. Cause a swirl, God. Cause a wild swirl of signs and wonders, God. Signs and wonders. God, would you mark children with oil? Would you mark people with gold dust, Lord God? And in Jesus' name, I bless this place. Would this be a nexus point for an outpouring of glory that would see new tech and new ideas come to this region, God? You're stewarding something in the spirit that opening up for the region and in the world. Thank you, God, for the lampstand of revival that is in this house. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. That was awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, you, my friends. Thank you. you. (laughs) Woo! Woo! Woo!